always get you to the ball game on time. Here's the pitch. It's Matt Wyatt with all the good stuff you need to know. Here we go. My goodness gracious alive. Do we have some things to discuss today on this Reaction Monday version of the show? Welcome into the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau Go! With the home team, they are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance. All across the great state of Mississippi. Your hometown heroes at your local Farm Bureau Insurance agents. I mean, we got a lot to discuss. Okay, so that when I say we, I really mean we, like me and you both. Okay, so I'm going to need you to comment on the live stream. If you're on Facebook or YouTube, hey to y'all, thanks for tuning in that way. You can see the show. And just type in a comment, post it, comment right there, and it pops up right here on the Murray West live thread. I got my Murray West hat on. Not to be confused with Matt Wyatt, although it is MW. See that MW? That would be a great Matt Wyatt logo, wouldn't it? But it's Murray West. Contract Embroidery Company right here. Been here in Mississippi since 1996. Custom apparel and more. Go there. MurrayWest.com. So comment there. You could text the show on the country pleasing text line or call me. And I'll give you those numbers coming up uh, here on the show on this Reaction Monday. There's so much to get into. Okay, so State gets throttled by Alabama. Um, we, we do have at least one theory, okay, on the table. At least one of the theories on the table is that the people who are most at fault in State's big loss to Alabama, again, is anybody who thought that State had a snowball's chance to begin with. Okay, that's one, that's one theory that's on the table, among many others that I'm sure we'll put on the table before the show's over, okay? <laughs> All right, so there's one. All right, uh, positionally, who did this? And what about Will Rogers at quarterback and you know, all these different things, okay? So that's all out there. Also, coming out of the weekend, listen. What's up with the Saints? All right? I don't know what to think about what's happening. Now, maybe it's just a bad two-week stretch. Maybe things are really dependent on a very healthy Derek Carr because, you know, they haven't looked the same since he got the injury, left the game last week, and even though he played this week, they still didn't look the same. Dak and the Cowboys, absolutely throttling, just, I mean, demolishing Bill Belichick's Patriots. In fact, did I see it's the worst loss he's ever suffered as an NFL head coach? Huh? Benched his quarterback and all that. So you got all that going on. And, oh, by the way, yes, okay, Chiefs fan here, got my hand up. And I'll say this, okay, didn't play particularly well, turned the ball over last night on Sunday night football. Uh, made enough plays to win, glad you win the game, all that kind of stuff. The Jets are holding it together as best they can. Zach Wilson, not great, not as bad as people make him out to be, all that kind of stuff. And it is a fact that the Chiefs were the beneficiary of some some officiating last night. All right, they were. They benefited from an officiating crew who wouldn't call holding. They held. On a Patrick Mahomes scramble, it was obvious holding, period. Now, the deal that everybody's mad about, calling defensive holding, it was defensive holding. The issue in that game last night was not that they called defensive holding against the DB on that play. It's that they didn't call it on 100 others just like it. Okay? But by rule, and therefore by definition, it was defensive holding. That one wasn't the problem. 
The problem is you called that one, and you hadn't been calling the other, so they did it the whole game prior to that. <laughs> what, what do we do with that? And also, yes, I did. Every day, wake up this weekend and pay attention to the Ryder Cup that was happening in Rome. The announcers called Rome the eternal city. And let me give you a news, newsflash. It ain't. But anyway, I digress. I, that is part of the reaction, too, okay, if you're, if you're into the golf thing. Just demolished. Now, you know, they made it respectable. But that's all they could do after the first day. Owned on European soil. The U.S. Ryder Cup team was owned. I'm talking about slapped around like a stepchild. I'm talking about treated rudely. Had their stuff packed for them and sent back home with their tails between their legs. And that's just the way it is. All of that, those are all things that can be and might be on the table. We'll get into whatever it is you want to get into today in no particular order, whatever order you come through. You text, you call. Happy to get into it. Oh, and yeah, storming the field. Y'all get off their case. Okay, Ole Miss, it was a huge win for them. Everybody's like, oh, you know, Ole Miss, they shouldn't storm the field. What are you storming the field for? So what? Look, they're college kids. All right. They won a big game, and it was an exciting game. Get off their case. Let them storm the field. No, I'm not saying you should have a rule that you have security. Security does what they do. If they storm the field, you pay the fine. But we're not going to sit here and debate whether or not you should storm the field if you beat LSU at home or not. I don't care about that. Let them storm the field. As long as anybody, nobody gets seriously hurt, wipe your brow, whew, check, got past that one, pay the fine, move on. Not a big deal. Of all those things, this, to me, was one of the biggest stories of the weekend. And unless you were in the stadium, at Davis Wade Stadium on Saturday night, you would not have known this. But to me, it's one of the biggest things that happened this weekend. Is right there on the giant video boards, two of them, giant video boards inside Davis Wade Stadium, during a timeout, the one, the only, on the kiss cam, front and center, was... Your very own, from right here, afternoon host on The Zone, Jake Wimberly was on the kiss cam. <laughs> I saw it with my own eyes. <laughs> and to say that Jake wasn't genuinely tickled to be on the kiss cam, that'd be a lie. He liked it. And, buddy, did he ever. I mean, they put some people on the kiss cam, and the camera's a long way away. They put he and his significant other on the kiss cam, and I'm talking the camera was right here. I'm talking hand in front of the face, right here, <laughs> tight shot. And it was Jake Wimberly. And boy, did he ever <laughs> right on somebody. <laughs> Saw it with my own eyes. More on that. News at 11. More on that coming up. In just a bit. All right. So text messages, your comments. We got them already coming through. I'm going to get to them. Harmon and B-Mac and Sven and Joseph and uh, Von Blues, man. I'm coming to all y'all on the live stream, the Murray West live thread. Your comments coming up. Also, texts coming in from PT for MSU, Steve and Jason, others. That's all coming up on the Country Pleasing text line. We'll start today on the Divini Equipment phone line. Divini Equipment in Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer. Chris from Macon. On line one. What's up, Chris? 
No, nothing much. Just enjoying the the bass and a 38-3 win over Belichick last night. I mean, did I that see was a really great thing to see? Did I see that that was Belichick's worst loss ever as a head coach in the NFL? Ever, ever. Good can, can people can people grasp this? People need to grasp this. Dak Prescott has now sent Tom Brady off and to bliss by beating the dog out of him last weekend in the last year in the playoffs, and then this weekend he not only beats his mentor or his coach, but he just handles him. And, and Matt, if you didn't get to watch that game, because I imagine you probably didn't, but they took their foot off the gas at 38-3. Right. It wasn't even like they could have kept scoring if they really wanted to. But I didn't call to talk about that. I just wanted to throw that in there. Is it not like an indictment on this coaching staff at Mississippi State and how you don't have these kids ready. And if you don't have the talent, what are you doing? Like, how in the world do you not have a four-man defensive front where people cannot run on you? I mean, this is not 1999. Yeah, the 3-5-3 worked the last couple years, but you had great players on it. And I said it last week, and I'll keep saying it again. You do not have NFL corners on this team. You cannot play that kind of ball. It mm-hmm. just doesn't work. I mean, you have to have NFL corners to play that in the SEC. Well, and Chris, and for Jalen Milrow to look the way he did is ridiculous. Well, and, and okay, I, I let just, me let me I jump in know. here real quick, Chris, and I, I'm going to touch on what you're saying. You know, and I feel your pain, okay, and and I'm like you. I've watched every play here, and that's three weeks in a row that quarterbacks have had, like, career days against you, one, two, three. Um, Unbelievable completion percentages against your defense, so there's a combination that you're not getting to them, and and you're also not really covering that well. So they do have some issues. But I will say this, Chris, I think this past week especially was especially tricky for them, and here's why. I'm not making an excuse, okay, but we have to consider this. They, um, their their second string and their third string nose tackle are out. Trevion Williams and right. and Kelvin Dinkins. Okay, if you looked against Alabama, uh, Pickering played. He almost never came off the field at nose. And listen, against that offensive front, that's a lot to ask. They have at sort of a quiet personnel issue in the front once the injuries happen the depth isn't there and they were playing without uh demonte russell their starting end against alabama so they were down williams dinkins and then russell the starting end they also didn't have jordan davis in that game jordan can't stay healthy played the week before didn't play at all last week so from a number standpoint if you looked up there pickering almost never came off the field uh, Crummity played with the other spot with his hand down. And then the other spots, they were rotating uh, DeMonte Russell's younger brother from Jackson. Uh, the, the younger Russell, he wears number 36. I'm drawing a blank on his name right now, but we actually gave him the player of the game because of how well he played, but he's so light. You know, he just doesn't weigh much. And he played the other defensive end, and when he came off, they rotated linebackers up there. They put John Lewis, and he's a linebacker. They rotated, and and then uh, Nick uh, Mitchell and a couple of the other young linebackers were rotating in that other odd end spot. So f- 
I, again, I'm not talking you off the ledge. It's not my job to do that. I, but I think we do have to consider that because. So, I mean, I'm not on the ledge. I'm not. I'm just saying, like, if my opinion on the whole deal yeah. is that this week is going to be, I'm like, I'm like, under lightning. This week will be a awful crowd up there. Oh, it's gonna yeah. And I mean, Zach Arnett, Zach Arnett, if you want Zach Arnett, if you want to keep being the head coach at Mississippi State, you need to get in there and you need to figure out how to fix this because the the defense is the problem, and you're a defensive head coach. You cannot have the defense the problem and you be the prop. You you still keep the head coach. Go look back at before uh, Mike Leach came. And Moorhead was an offensive head coach, and offense was the problem. Mm. And state fans, you cannot put this on the offense. The offense played really good, and they scored points against Alabama. I understand everybody's mad because this is an Alabama team we could have beaten if the defensive help would have held down. Okay, and let me let me jump in there on that real quick, Chris, and and f- let me say something, and I'll get your response. But you just touched on something that I think is true, okay, and it's part of the theme of my reaction today on this Monday. I don't think this is nearly as uh, dominant an Alabama team as we've seen in the past. Um, Even after watching them on Saturday night against State, uh, it's a very beatable Alabama team. It is. Oh, I agree, one hundred percent. I mean, I, I'm, I'm in, I'm in the, the thing that thinks that this is Nick Saban's last year, and he's not going to leave anything in the cupboard for the next coach. So, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. the unfortunate cause that Mike Leach died. Mike Leach died. Nobody ever foreseen that. Mm-hmm. But and this is a glaring fixing problem, and it's a glaring problem for Zach Arnett to have fired all those coaches. And now our offense looks pedestrian. And the bad thing is, is if you had kept those coaches, it looks like our def- it looks like our offense would have been clicking, and we might have had a special year this year if we'd have just stayed with the same offensive scheme and kept going down the road with defense. Because it looks like we're going to have to outscore people to actually beat them, that's which weird. none of us would have ever saw that coming. Uh, that's true. I didn't but see it coming for sure. Chris, have a good, you have too, a good man. day, man. You too. Have a good day. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, I mean it is. Um, and that's the thing defensively. This is three weeks in a row where opposing quarterbacks have had no issue, like in the early part of the game. You know, you go back three weeks ago, Jaden Daniels for LSU started the game, I think, 13 for 13, finishes the game at 88% completions. It was an LSU single game record. Right after that, you go to South Carolina. Okay, Spencer Rattler started the game, I think it was 18 for 18, did not throw an incompletion until in the fourth quarter. And his completion percentage was actually much higher than Daniels the week before. And then this past Saturday, you faced Jalen Milrow, who, if he has one struggle in his game so far, it has been what? Throwing the football consistently, reading against zone coverage. You know, he hits the deep ball very well, big, strong arm, great runner, unbelievable athlete. But standing in the pocket, reading against defenses, teams have, everybody has forced him into some mistakes. And he started the game eight for eight. He started eight for his first eight, finished two for four, two for his last four, 
So on the game, he goes for 10 of 12. Didn't throw a touchdown, but 10 of 12, and that's 83% completion. And part of that was State so thin in the defense. Alabama recognizes that. They played a lot. Alabama played a ton of offense the other night with two tight ends just running the ball at people, zone in, zone out, all this kind of stuff. They finished rushing for 193, had some field position stuff, didn't have to run a ton of plays, got a defensive score. We know that. But it was a lot of run game and then simple stuff. But even when there were times where the pass rush was pretty, you know, responsible a few times and didn't allow there to be some escapes, you did have some pursuit of the quarterback. But still, you couldn't force incomplete, just basic incompletes. That's the thing to me that I just, it's hard to even wrap my head around it. (laughs) And kind of like what Chris said, I, I just, yeah against LSU or against Alabama for state, there is a talent gap there. Yes. Um, Injuries happen. You play around those things. But to be playing a type of defense where you can't even force the other guy to throw an incomplete pass, it's pretty – it's puzzling. I mean, it it really is. And, again, I mentioned I know there's a defensive score there on a screen pass that got tipped uh, early in the game. But – you know, you give up 40-something at home, you're going to lose. I don't care who you play against. You give up 37 on the road, you're going to get beat. You give up 40 points at home, you're going to lose. I mean, so right now, right now defensively, they're just trying to be competitive. Let me hit the text line. i got to go quick here. <laughs> if I'm not careful, I'll get way behind. Chris and I had a long phone call to start the day. Uh, first text out of the shoot today on the country pleasing text line was PT for MSU. He said thoughts on MSU's secondary, and I kind of addressed it right there. And if you notice, teams are they're really not challenging the Cameron Richardson a ton in the man-to-man stuff, just because they don't have to. You know, they're they're targeting other stuff, and and they've kind of stayed away from him for the most part. Um, <clears throat> Steven texts the show, and he goes, uh, just for fun, Matt, let's turn back the clock. You're an SEC quarterback. How do you feel about your ability as a passer to find open receivers against Mississippi State's defense? What would your QBR be against State's defense? Yeah, I don't know if I'm the best example against that. But, yeah, I mean, if you're not getting pressured a ton, you know, your pockets are largely clean. But the biggest thing is, too, from a cushion and a and a reading coverage standpoint, if you're able to get the ball off on time a good bit, you're going to complete a lot of throws especially when they give you the underneath stuff a lot. And Jason in Flagstaff, <laughs> Arizona, he texts the show. He says, welcome to Will Rogers Sucks again Monday. <laughs> right. And he lose games, and he did not play well, Jason. And he'd tell you that. Uh, you know, he didn't play well. And, again, you know, some of it, there was a couple times where it might be, you know, a tangible thing of missing a throw, but to me, it was more the decision-making as much as anything else. And, and, you know, some coaching decisions contributed to that. But there's some game management stuff that, you, that you're responsible for as a quarterback. And, and here I am, this old guy, and I played a million years ago. And I'm not, you know, I, I'm careful to go diving in on a quarterback. And, you know, the criticism, you know, you want it to be warranted. And I think he'd probably tell you the criticism is warranted in this game. Um, the interception before half. If you're the quarterback, you're a fourth-year quarterback, you got to understand the greater implications of everything, the game management part of it, more than just I'm running one play here. And maybe there is a pass play called, but still in your head. And, and I, I, 
you know, played the position some, and I remember some of those. Like there's certain situations where maybe you're down by one or two, you're in field goal range, you're trying to score a touchdown, sure, but the one thing you don't want to do is throw it to the other team down there when you're already in field goal range. So you're going to protect the ball in that scenario. Maybe he's not wide open, all right, just dump it. Maybe nobody's open, all right, tubas, first row. We were kicking here. Um, and so protecting sort of, you know, managing the game situation. Well, that was one where Alabama had just scored. It was a two-score game, all right? You've got the ball with a minute left to half, and if you just protect the ball, you get it into half. They're not calling for you to take a knee. But but my thought is, and I was going to say it there in the broadcast, and um, I didn't get in before. I got it in after, but I, I said, in that situation, your mindset is, we're not getting aggressive here unless we have a reason to. And your reason would be you go conservative, you have a handoff. Well, you pop it for a big run, he steps out of bounds, the clock stops. Well, now it's different. Now, okay, uh, make a little bit different decision. But you're on your own 25, 30-yard line. You get the ball to start the second half. Two-score game. You protect the ball. The number one job is to make sure it's a two-score game at halftime because you're getting the ball to start the third quarter. So you're thinking, if I'm getting the ball to start the third quarter, and what did State do? They took the opening kickoff of the second half, drove it right down the field, and scored. So then, you know, what ifs, that's a deal where you're looking at you could cut it to one score, and it's a different-looking opportunity in the second half. So that turnover was the, the decision-making that went into that call and that throw in that situation told me you got a lot of people involved in the offensive effort who aren't managing the game. They're just trying to run some plays, and you, you can't play that way. You just can't do it. Stick around. With a Matt Lyons show. Ready to talk sports the Mississippi way with you. So get in on the conversation and tell him what you think. All right. Back with you, I'm Matt. In the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau Go with the home team. Feel free to call, text, or comment. Coming to those comments on the Murray West live thread here in just a bit. Uh, MSU 1980 text the show on the country pleasing text line. It says, Matt, the highlight of my trip to Davis Wade Stadium Saturday night was watching the two parachuters come down and hit the very center of Scott Field. Yeah, that was neat. One of them had an American flag, and they had had a live cam going as they descended. And so on the video board, you could see their perspective. And it was pretty neat, a uh, pretty neat thing. It really was. Very cool. Glad it worked. Glad the wind wasn't blowing. <laughs> Somebody texted the show said, did Antonio Harmon line up at every wide receiver position at some point Saturday night? He seems to be able to line up anywhere and everywhere. They moved him around a lot, for sure. Slot, you know, second slot, tight end, H. I don't know if he ever went up at tight end put his hand down, but they moved him around a lot, for sure. And he caught a ball for a first down. Uh, somebody texted the show and said, Ole Miss scored 49 points, allowed 49 points at home and won. And they sure did. You got to score 50. It's just a real rare thing. Um, somebody texted the show and said, defense is an embarrassment. Do you see an SEC victory in our future? I don't. This is from an, an unnamed texter. And I would just give you an honest answer and say right now it doesn't look likely. 
You know, right now they look like a team offense defense that has so far to go that you're deep enough in the season. I don't know if you're going to catch some of these guys. You know, and these other teams you're going to play, the Kentuckys and Arkansas and Auburns and all, you know, they have the look of they got they got their stuff together a little bit more than you do. And maybe have a few better players too. Maybe you're a little more healthy. So, you know, this depends on what happened to them. But that's, you know, I would I would say that's the reality. You know, and if you're Zach Arnett and a player, that might as well accept reality and look at what you're up against and realize how hard it's going to be and how hard you're going to have to fight to go win uh, an SEC game. But you you certainly wouldn't look at the schedule and pick any out, I promise you. Bulldog Blitz texts the show and says, why can't the polite fans rip the Band-Aid off and admit that Will is just mediocre at best? Blitz says he does nothing at a high level. I'm from Brandon, went to Brandon, followed Will since high school, wish badly that he is better than he is. He's not. Blitz says no point in not trying out right a lot more this season. Yeah, you know, Blitz, uh, you know, Will is, like I said, he's not beyond criticism at all, and he did not play well the other night. Um, really, from a, as much as anything else, you know, you had you had two turnovers that really on him, but the three interceptions, they all came out of his hand. The tip ball on the screen, that's one of those unfortunate deals, but it's kind of on him too, right? He's got to find a throwing lane and make sure it doesn't get tipped up in the air down there. Um and he really didn't play well. I mean, he did a few good things. He had a touchdown throw. First time somebody's thrown one against Alabama in a long time. Um, for State, anyway. He goes 15 of 27 against their defense, 56%. But I really felt like, and, and, the, and you know, the interceptions are a part of this. I think the thing I was disappointed in is that the decision-making and managing the game situations, which is the responsibility of a quarterback, that got away from Will the other night. And you could tell that it was you could tell that he was getting sped up and and he himself, and I think along with your coaching staff a little bit, had begun to not panic, but you get you you get your eyes they talk about eye discipline. But you gotta manage the game from a coach perspective and quarterback. You're the, really the two positions where you're you're managing everything. The clock, the situations, the field position, you're making decisions on that all the time and you have to make the right ones. And they let that get away from him some the other night. And I, I think after the game, even uh, Coach Arnett admitted that, hey, you know, go, looking back, two-score game before the half, take a knee, get in the locker room, we're getting the ball to start the third quarter. And that is true. That's why I say, you know, right there, it's just cardinal rule. You don't really get aggressive. Down two scores, you're getting it to start the second half. There's a minute left in this half. We're coming off of our 25. You don't get aggressive right there until you have a reason to get aggressive. If you get an easy throw, you're out of bounds, okay, maybe. You pop a run that you didn't think you were going to pop, you get it out close to midfield, okay, it's different. But if you don't, you just the main thing is protect the ball. And worst-case scenario would be throw them a pick right there on the first play with as much time as possible left for them to punch another score in, which they did. It, just absolute worst-case scenario. And as far as giving somebody else a chance, you know, We'll, we're going to talk some more about that. Beer Slayer Texas Show says, Matt, do you think it's time to change quarterback, try something different, uh, or try some different people on defense? You know, like, try what? Um, try who? Um, 
and that kind of goes into that quarterback conversation. You start talking about defensively, they're playing everybody they got right now pretty much outside of some freshmen, uh, particularly in that front because of the injuries they've had in their depth on a defensive line right now. Um, Nick texts the show, and he says, after watching our quarterback situation this year, I firmly believe Mike Leach could have made Porkchop Womack lead the league in passing. <laughs> he truly was a genius. Um, Nick, you know, and everybody else, here's what I would say. There's a lot of, like, things that you look at about the nature of everything that's gone on with State's program over the last how many months? Well, really the last year. That you would look at and go, unfortunate. You would use the word unfortunate to describe it. The unfortunate passing of Coach Leach, obviously. And kind of the unfortunate situation you get put into. And I would say, and I will say it, Right now, I'll say it. It's unfortunate what Will Rogers has gone through because he was in an offense, an offensive system that, yeah, he chose to play in. They chose him for a reason, and he excelled at it at times. He wasn't always great. There were times that the offense looked bad even uh, previously, but he was excelling in it, and it really fit. And this change... It wasn't a modification of what they're doing before. It's an overhaul. I mean, it's a flip. And it it hadn't, obviously, has not been an easy transition for him. And since it's obvious that it hasn't been easy, then my hat's off to him for sticking in there, okay, and the guts and the gumption to hang in there and try to make it all work and try to be the team guy and try to do what they're asking you to do. Uh, that's not easy to do. You know, and keeping a good attitude throughout the whole thing. My hat's off to all of that. Okay. But Nick and Razdog and everybody else, it feels like if you were going to make the decision at some point to wad it all up and say, you know what, this hasn't worked. One, we're going to protect Will and give him a chance to go somewhere else and play because he's not going to fit in what we're doing here. And two, we're going to go ahead and start getting the next guy ready. Whether it's, I don't know, Mike Wright or the young guy Parsons or whoever that is. Okay, If you were going to go that drastic and make those kinds of decisions, you needed to have already done it. And it's hard to do that. You're trying to win some games this year, right? You're supposed to. And... Now Will has played in five games this year. There's no redshirting this year. Now he's got a lot of eligibility left because of redshirt and because of COVID year, which is free for everyone that he really never has used. So all those things to say, I've had times where I honestly looked at it and thought, yeah, I'm not real sure this is fair to Will, what he's going through right here. You know, I don't know what he was told and all that kind of stuff. But it had that look on the surface from a distance. And that's what I am. I'm just like y'all. I'm at a distance. I'm not in there. And it had that look of almost not fair to him. Like if this is what it was going to be, and this is what you're going to do, you know, shoot him straight and wish him the best and put you a guy in there and run and roll with it. 
maybe maybe those kinds of things are never that simple. <laughs> it is a touchy deal. And it's an unfortunate situation everybody found themselves in. And you make the decisions you make, and that's where you are. Um, so, you know, they've done a few good things, but not nearly enough. And then the other night against Alabama, we start to see doing some bad things, especially from a game management perspective. And so, if you find yourself at a point where for every senior on the team, you are scratching and clawing the rest of the year, fighting your tail off just to get to six wins and preserve a chance to play somewhere in a postseason so that you don't break your bowl streak. That's where it is. <laughs> That's where it is. They're going to have to fight their tail off to get to six. And you've already made some tough decisions as a staff and as a program. And you may have to make some more tough ones. And some of that might be that your offense is a situation. It's going where it ain't going anywhere fast. And a fast guy might inject something into it a little bit more. At least another thing that a defense has to defend. And so they may have to do some more of that. You talk about more snaps and more situations for somebody else. And It's hard to throw a season away. I mean, it really is. But you may also have to decide that if there ain't much you can do, get that young guy ready, too. Don't have him sitting over there in a yellow jersey doing hand signals all night. Let him get a snap or two. All those things, I think, start to become realities more than you hope that they would be. I'm Matt. Stick around. crave your sport. It's often difficult to satisfy that special hunger. Not here, because you've got Matt Wyatt. Oh, I am starving. Don't worry, he's got a menu full. Okay, back with you. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. Over on the Murray West live thread. He's on Facebook. Rick with a comment on Facebook. Murray West. Like the MW, well, that's what that is. That MW logo on my hat. It's actually a Murray West logo. Looks like Matt Wyatt logo. It's actually Murray West. I promise it is. <laughs> it would be a great logo, though, wouldn't it? For me. <laughs> Go to MurrayWest.com. You need your logo embroidered on anything. Shirts, hats, stuff for work, uniforms, I, you know, any kind of custom apparel. That's where you go. Go to Murray West, and they are right here in Mississippi. You can look them up online, see who they work with at MurrayWest.com. M-U-R-R-Y. West.com. Rick said, do you remember when you defended Mike Leach that hire that his type of offense was our only hope for MSU to ever beat Alabama and Georgia? Well, I think you're exactly right. <laughs> well, and Rick, the thing about that is, I mean, every now and then pick somebody off. Uh, they never did it, right? Played okay against Georgia last year. Played just awful year after year in the air raid against Alabama. Did, and some of that, you know, is how you play, and some of it's how they play. But I do still look back at that, and I feel the same way. What I loved about it is it gave you a chance to be the one-off, the one different, which sometimes week to week, given certain matchups, that is an advantage you need 
at State. I still believe that if you're telling me, okay, we're going to recruit offensive linemen and tight ends and we're going to power over people in this league, well, good luck. All right, over to the phone line, the Divinity Equipment phone line, Divinity Equipment, Madison and in Jackson. First up on line one, he is Rooster. What's up, Rooster? Hey. <laughs> Happy Monday, Monday. Listen, it's not all Jimmy. I told uh, Beaver that I want to talk about football, but then I heard you. <laughs> I just turned it in. All they got to do is come up to bullies, a little football briefly. All they got to do is win the games in Octavahaw County. That's six. And if they beat uh, one, one foot on the road, that's seven. Mm-hmm. That's not that hard. Oh well, it is hard. Who are they? Who are they against? No, 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 no. They beat Southern Mississippi like a drum. They beat Ole Miss last year. You know the last time Kentucky won a game in Starkville? It's been a while. I know that much. Sylvester Croom. Yeah. Okay. Got well, that's three. All right. So that's three games. Fired. Okay. So that's three games. And then what? Western yeah. Western Michigan this weekend would count. So that would yeah, be I think four. We can beat the Broncos. I beat the Broncos. <laughs> The Brown Broncos, yeah. So that if you win those, uh, we're not going to lose to the Rebels in Octavio uh, County. No well, they did. Well, they lost to them two years ago. Yeah, I know. So if I'm if I'm wrong about that, that's six and six. <laughs> so, I, here's the thing about it, though, yeah. Rooster. Every state fan, myself included, with the way things have looked to this point. Every one of us, if you said you're going to be six and six with a win over Ole Miss, we'd sign up and take it right now, this minute. <laughs> yeah, I would. I sure would. You better believe I would. <laughs> but I didn't want to talk about football. We'll right. talk about baseball in October. And I don't even want to talk about the Atlanta Braves. I'm ecstatic about the Braves. But I want to talk about the Milwaukee Brewers. Has anybody realized what's going on with the Brewers? No. No, we haven't. All except for Brewers well, fans. That's the only people that give a flip. <laughs> no, I just want to give a plug. We've got Mr. Woodruff and now Ethan Small. We've got two Mississippi State pitchers on the Brewers roster. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. That's and right. I want people to realize that. You know, it's pull for the Brewers. Wouldn't that be fantastic to have Atlanta and Milwaukee playing for the National League pennant? Man, it would. Well, and I just, you know, for those two guys, for Woody and for Ethan, I would love for those guys to be showing off a World Series ring the next time they throw out a first pitch at Duty Noble or something. That would be great. It's like a dream come true. And just just a coincidence, you know. Of course, who have we got on the Atlanta Braves? Well, you got (laughs) Austin Riley. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. A a chance to go against these two Mississippi State pitchers. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how he didn't wind up in Mississippi State, but he wound up in the Major League. He he just skipped college altogether. Fantastic year. Yeah, I think yeah. he I think he made the right decision <laughs> the way it's worked out. Well, for yeah, him. I think he did. Too. No question <laughs> that. But I thought, man, look at this. Yeah, they called up Ethan. I guess. Uh, well, they called him up on my birthday, May the twenty sixth. I yeah. should remember that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so fantastic. Yeah, I've been following him a little bit. But back to football, it won't be that hard to win six games. Just win the games in Octavia County. Okay, the, win That's the hard. game. Which it. are all right. So you beat Western Michigan this week, which you should. Okay, then yeah. it's then it's an open date before back-to-back road trips at Arkansas and Auburn. But then if you could, you're saying if you could then beat Kentucky and start well that's two, beat Southern Miss, there's your fifth win and then you'd be going into the Egg Bowl needing to win that one for six to extend your season. So there you yeah, go. Yeah, I believe we're going to win on the Plains anyway. I think we're going to beat Auburn. 
Okay. I'm not so sure about Arkansas. I mean, Arkansas doesn't look, they look like they're the bottom team. I mean, State's the only team with three losses in the division. Let me just tell you, though. Like Arkansas is the worst team. I think, no, I think, we're, we're one of them. I think the entire world, including us, may have really overvalued LSU a little bit based on how good they looked against State. Because since then, the at, at home in Baton Rouge, Arkansas took them to the wire in a close game. And then they went to Ole Miss, and Ole Miss was, you know, they just could not stop Ole Miss's offense. And LSU got, I think, squarely outcoached in that ball game. I know they scored some points themselves, but. Um, I, I didn't watch the finish. I thought I cut it off. I couldn't watch it. I thought LSU was going to come down and score. Yeah. I couldn't watch the I didn't last the, 45 seconds. All I did was see the score, and, and then I saw the video clips on social media of the people storming the field after the game. I saw that one with that security guard in the end zone there at Ole Miss, and he's like, like he's trying to like figure out who do I block. Like an offensive tackle can't figure out which one he's supposed to block. You know, it was pretty funny. But thankfully nobody oh, got hurt. You think you got the game won, and with a minute to go, here they come. And they threw, threw two balls into the end zone. They had two chances to score. Oh, How about that heart attack? I mean, <laughs> I didn't know that. that game. Yeah, I might <laughs> have to go back and watch it. All right, Rooster. Hey, oh, I appreciate you your call. Thank you. Well, yeah, I just want to give a uh, want to talk baseball. Those two Mississippi State guys, but right. uh, it's not doom and gloom for the Bulldogs yet. No. Okay. All right. Yeah, I mean, they lose to the Broncos. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and everybody be watching that yeah, one on Bron- TV Broncos, this weekend. Broncos won a game uh, Saturday. They broke their streak. But okay. uh, you guys keep up the good work. God bless. You too. Appreciate it. God bless you. All right, over to line two. Chris from Macon is back with us. What's up, Chris? I've got, I've got, well, I got two questions for you. Um, one, does does Mississippi State have more talent than Vanderbilt did on on offense last year? And if that's the case, then I think you got your answer. Who you're gonna, if you're gonna take Will out, who you need to put in there? Because I had tend to believe that we have a better receiving core than Vanderbilt probably did last year. Two, does Woody Marks get a chance to go NFL? Because I'll tell you right now, he looked like a beast when he was healthy last I night. Mean, he looked really good. And he, he stayed in that game. Yeah. We actually had a chance if Woody Marks would have stayed healthy. But, Look, he, you know. he is so tough. And his I think it was one of his first runs of the ball game. He, he got up limping again. Goes to the sideline, yeah. slams his helmet down. You know, because he's mad that he's banged up again. And they put that big old brace on it and taped it up. He ran around the rest of the game, and it looked like he had ankle weights on that particular thing. It was so big and swollen up and, and taped still up. still running off and leaving people. <laughs> and still running. And, and if he could just stay healthy, I just know without a shadow of a doubt, he is an NFL caliber running back. It's just his deal is going to be health. I think he's going to get a chance. Yeah. I think he's going to get a chance. And, and the other deal is, the other thing is, hey, he's talking about the Brewers, but if I'm not wrong, don't the Baltimore Orioles, like the second-best record team in baseball, have yep. two or three Mississippi State players, too? Yeah. Hunter up there? No, Fra- Adam Fraser's on the Orioles, and um, – and, uh, Rempo was, too, at one time, wasn't he? And West – And West uh, – West, West, what, why can't I think of his name? Uh, he was the shortstop. <laughs> the kid who hit uh, – I'm, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Oh, um, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, Westberg. Jordan Westberg. Yeah, Westberg. That's right. Yeah, he's with he's with Baltimore. But I thought at one time I thought at one time Renfro was with him too. 
I may be wrong. No, he was never in Baltimore. But, okay. All right. All right. Have a good day. You too, man. Appreciate it. On the Murray West live thread, listen, first of all, if you're watching and listening to the show on the live stream on YouTube or Facebook, thank you all very much. I appreciate you. Uh, BMAC on YouTube says, does Mike Wright not have an arm? <laughs> this offense coordinator lets, never lets him throw the ball. Well, they've used him sparingly anyway because Will's your quarterback. I mean, Will's established. He's won the job. He's your every-down quarterback, you know, so they've used him sparingly anyway. Um, and, you know, I will say this. I, my impression was that when Mike got here and went through spring, he did struggle throwing the ball, um, you know, especially compared to Will. And, you know, that's a practice deal and a spring deal. You do have a lot of games that he played in at Vanderbilt. Uh, we've rehearsed it here on the show before, right – Started 20 games across two years at Vanderbilt. 10 one year, 10 the next. Threw for 2,000 yards, 20 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. So he's a 2-1 to one touchdown interception. So it's not prolific by any stretch, but it, it was pretty doggone competitive, you know. And I, it's you're certain that there are some things that they have worked on that will give him a chance to throw the ball, but they're being very selective when they're going to use that because to this point they have been 100% committed to Will Rogers being a quarterback. And he's a leader on your team. He's a captain on your team. And the teammates like him. You know, seem to anyway. So they're rolling with that. And as the season goes along, you just got to do whatever it takes to give yourself, give your team a chance to win. That's what you pay coaches to figure out. That's what you're paying them those millions of dollars for. Hour two coming up. Stick around. <laughs> 